Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, the Rittenhouse case has descended into total madness. Yesterday was an embarrassment and a case full of embarrassments for the prosecutor. It exposed so much. And I did a uh, video on my locals account last night for my subscribers. It's been this ongoing kind of Dan Bongino, uh, what's in my mind at the moment, the locals account. And I said, uh, you know, I, I'm in a bit of a quandary here because I'm obsessed with the Rittenhouse case. So I got to fit it in with the show and get the other news in as well. So we're going to start with Rittenhouse today because so much happened yesterday that speaks to so many different societal problems we have right now. I think that's why me and others are obsessed with this case. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. I've got that. Another humiliating defeat for the fake fact checkers out there. Polita farce. I've always told you uh, they are a farce now, you know. And a video by a CRT proponent advocate. Yes, CRT advocate saying he's got a thousand soldiers out there locked and loaded and ready to go. I thought we were the crazy people. Isn't that what they keep telling us? We're the white supremacist, domestic terrorist, violent maniacs. I don't, yeah. Wait till you see this video. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall credit card bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joe, let's go. Do not flee! Is he okay? Can you check on him with the camera? Okay, first, he did, it reminds me of, uh, was it Amish from, uh, from, no, 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 not Amish, the Irish guy from Braveheart. Remember the Irish guy from Braveheart? That's what you sounded like just there. You reminded me of that. First, for the dumbest take of the day so far, no connection to what Joe just did. None. I pro- the dumbest take of the day so far yesterday. That's not a. I don't want anyone to think that was a pot shot at Joe. Here is the tweet. I'm not kidding. Gregory McKelvey, blue checkmark genius on social media. He is apparently the chair, Joe, of the Oregon Democrat Black Caucus. The Hi. dumbest take of the day yesterday on the Rittenhouse trial. He says this is an actual tweet. It's not the Onion or the Babylon Bee. Quote employers. Consider consider giving your black employees a day or two off after the Rittenhouse verdict. Regardless of the outcome, it's going to be hard for black people to work. And it isn't fair to expect them to. (laughs) You will never, ever find bigger racists than the radical far left. Ever. How... I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I really want to get to the meat and potatoes of the trial. But it just speaks to the, not just soft bigotry anymore, but the hard bigotry of the radical left that treat black men and women as these fragile, weak creatures that can't take care of themselves, um, can't handle a trial verdict. White people, no problem. You don't need a day off. Hispanics, you're good. Black people, you definitely lead a day off. This is It's not fair to expect them to perform basic life, life duties the next day after a court case that has nothing to do with them, but that they may not like. This is the left. I have never seen a tweet so embody who the left is better than that from the chair, the Oregon Dem Black Caucus, speaking about how weak black people are. Ridiculous and demeaning, all and de- wrapped and up demeaning, into one, and insulting yeah. and racist, I, and 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 yeah, hard yeah. racism. This isn't soft racism anymore. Look at you, you're so weak. You can't handle the trial. You might as well stay home in bed with a thermometer in your mouth in case your temperature goes up. It's so ridiculous. All right, let's get to the actual meat and potatoes. Yesterday, the most ridiculous tactic yet, which is hard to categorize based on how bad this prosecutor's been. This is yesterday he did is the, I, I, what I believe to be the dumbest movies made so far in the trial. So you have to keep in mind the residents of Kenosha who are on the jury. They're largely residents of that area. Remember full well the chaos and fear of the riots last summer. I know uh, Guy remembers them. Joe remembers them. I, I do as well. Remember those riots? And yeah. it was the first time in a long time where I was actually speaking to 
deputy sheriffs in the county I live in in Florida. And I was legitimately concerned, like, what happens if this comes here? Is there any way to stop this? I know what we did in New York City. I know the Rudy Giuliani rule. The Giuliani rule was you throw a rock, you go to jail. Second guy who throws a rock goes to jail. There was no third guy, okay? That was the Giuliani rule. That wasn't happening in New York. And what happens is the chaos was festering. Oh, we can get away with it in New York. We can get away with it in D.C. I will never forget going to the Trump Hotel in D.C. and seeing the entire block boarded up with plywood. It looked like something out of Escape from New York with Snake Plissken. I'd never seen anything like it. The Kenosha residents who saw their city burn to the ground remember this well after the Jacob Blake shooting. So if you're a prosecutor trying to, you know, humanize the people who were shot, trying to humanize yourself to a jury, would you do it by insulting the jury and pretending the riots and the chaos that they lived through were really no big deal? Of, you're in my audience. You're like, of course not. That's asinine. That's exactly what the prosecutor did. By far his most ridiculous, outrageous tactic yet. Take a look at this. A uh, prosecutor binger playing down the riots and what I believe alienating the jurors. We'll see when the verdict comes in. But check out the way he talks about what Rosenbaum one of the people who was shot by Kyle Rittenhouse, but who was involved in this whole uh, civil unrest situation. Watch the way he plays down all the stuff Rosenbaum did. Check this out. So what does he do that night? Oh, let me tell you all the awful things Joseph Rosenbaum did. He tipped over a porta potty that had no one in it. He swung a chain. He lit a metal garbage dumpster on fire. Oh, and there's this empty wooden flatbed trailer that they pulled out in the middle of the road and they tipped it over to stop some bearcats and they lit it on fire. Oh, and he said some bad words. He said the N-word. Uh, so, guys, no worries. He dropped a few N-bombs while setting a dumpster on fire, tipping over cars and a porta potty in the process. But don't worry. Don't worry, guys. Joe, no one was in the porta potty. So it's oh, no big good. deal. Yeah. Don't yet. Yeah. Oh, good. been one heck of a mess. Yeah, <laughs> I can't get over this. This pro, I, I, I at this, I, I really, I'm not joking. Like I don't get it anymore. Because now, I thought in the beginning, okay, he's playing for a mistrial. The prosecutor, right? He's playing for a mistrial because he knows he lost the case. But now that it doesn't look like a mistrial is going to happen, you clearly got to play to win. Then at this point, or at least try. It's. I'm starting to question, is he really this bad? Because if you're playing the win and you do that, you don't know how to win, meaning you're entirely incompetent. You never talk down to a jury and treat them like they're idiots. Don't worry. He was only running around dropping N-bombs, setting dumpsters on, fire, dumpsters on fire while tipping over cars and porta-potties in the middle of a riot. Oh, okay. No worries at all. There's no one in the porta-potty. No worries. By the way, I know someone who uh, tipped over while in a porter potty on the side of her. Yes, yes. It's a really nasty, grotesque story. I won't tell you who the person is, but it did happen, I promise you, and rolled a little bit down a hill in it. It was uh, <laughs> it was a bad situation. But don't worry, no one was in that porter potty All right, moving on. Here is low light number two. Um, this is more some commentary on the trial yesterday. I had Molly Hemingway on my radio program yesterday about her new book, Rigged. She was great. She was on with Laura Ingram last night, and she brought up a fantastic point here that the media, not to keep harping on this, folks, but it's so important. The media is the biggest cancer in our society right now. Not all the media, but the corrupt lying media and how the media from the start, ironically, the ones who wanted Rittenhouse prosecuted most severely, the media, right? The left wing nuts may have actually, depending on what happens with the jury today, may have actually destroyed the case from the jump. The same media wanted this kid prosecuted, may have destroyed the case from the starting pistol because they lied, and it appears even the prosecutor brought into the media lies. He crossed state lines without a license. He had no ties to Kenosha. He wasn't able to carry the weapon. He shot first after he hunted them down. Listen to Molly Hemingway explain this beautifully on Laura Ingram's show last night. Check this out. It just is a sign of how incompetent this prosecution was. They were describing 
getting your getting beat up with a skateboard, having guns pointed at you, being chased as just a tussle that everybody should expect, or this idea that if you take steps to protect yourself, that you lose the right to self-defense. None of this makes any sense. And it really was shocking to see the prosecution make a case out of a set of facts that doesn't exist in the real world. It is, as Dinesh was saying, as if they took some of the media claims that were made and treated them as if they were real when they weren't. We were told that this 17-year-old crossed state lines trafficking a weapon uh, in order to be in a place that he had no business being in to engage in vigilante justice. It turns out he didn't traffic a weapon across state lines, which is why that charge was dropped today, that his family is in Kenosha and that he was asked to help protect some of the property that was being uh, assaulted by the violent rioters who were engaged in such acts of destruction during that time. Yes, yes. Fantastic point. Reiterating the point we made yesterday during the podcast and radio show that the most destructive force in this country right now is not the left. The left only exists because of a force guiding them. And that is the corrupt lying media. The point she makes there is a beautiful one that it was really fascinating to watch a prosecutor try to make a case out of a set of facts that don't exist in the real world. Well said, very, very well done. Well, why did he try to do that? Again, Going back to point one about his most ridiculous tactic yet, the prosecutor. I'm starting to wonder, ladies and gentlemen, if this guy is really just that untalented that he listened to the media narratives himself, the prosecutor, and never bothered to do any homework. Why else would you charge someone with a firearms possession based on a barrel length and never measure the barrel of the gun? I got that coming up a little bit later, too. How incompetent do you have to be? And by the way, what was the defense attorney doing? How come he didn't catch that? I mean, listen, we got to, again, be fair in this case. Why? How did he miss that? All right, here's a, the prosecutor. This is the assistant prosecutor here, Kraus, another one on this case, along with Binger. These two are just jokers, right? The prosecutor, again, demonstrating he in, is entirely ignorant or is lying to the jury about how use of force works insisting somehow that there is some kind of an escalation mechanism necessary. That if you're confronted by a guy, let's say he's 6'5", 300 pounds, looks like Brock Lesnar or whatever. He confronts you in the street. You have nothing to say or do with him at all. And he knuckles up to you, you know, Notre Dame fighting Irish style guy. And he's like, hey, let's go at this. And he starts pounding your head into the concrete that you're obligated to pull a Dalton from Roadhouse. If you watched the trial yesterday, you know what I mean? They actually showed a photo of this nonsense, right? You're obligated to do a Dalton from Roadhouse and do like a karate boxing match with this guy before you defend your life. No, he didn't say. Yes, they implied that yesterday. That yes, there's an escalation, Joe. First, you got to go UFC style. You got to go three rounds, five-minute rounds. If you make it to three five-minute rounds, Joe, then they go to sticks. It's Arnis fighting like Dan and Asanto next. And then oh. after the sticks, Joe, then it's knife fighting, West Side Story style. You tie each other's wrists together. And then if you live through that, then you're allowed to do, uh, you're, you're allowed to go uh, dueling with old style revolutionary wharf pistols. And then after that, you graduate to AR-15s. Is this a this, sanctioned event? Is this a sanctioned yeah, it, event? It, it, apparently, and I guess the sanctioning is done by Prosecutor Krause, who oversees see. it like the referee, like Big John McCarthy. Don't doubt me. Here's the prosecutor yesterday suggesting that, yes, the fist fight has to happen first. He doesn't say when it has to end before force graduates, uh -oh. just that the fist fight has to happen first. And if you make it through the fist fight and your head doesn't get smashed into the concrete, then you may be allowed to graduate the force. Check this out. As Mr. Binger said, he brought a gun to a fist fight. And he was too cowardly to use his own fist to fight his way out. He has to start shooting. And let's just say, theoretically, that we think that the 12 of you think that it is reasonable to have used force, deadly force in that situation. Folks, I'll never forget being in Argentina on Jenna Bush's detail. And we were sitting in the car with these Argentinian, basically Secret Service guys. They were police officers. They were good guys. And we would talk, I mean, we were in a car with them eight hours a shift. You wind up talking about everything. And their English was very good because my Spanish was terrible. And uh, we'd start talking. And the Argentinian guy was telling me how there was some change made to police use of force. And that 
they had to go on a force-on-force scenario. In other words, you weren't allowed to counter as a police officer with, with, with a superseding level of force, only an equal level of force. Now, some of you listening right now are probably, maybe if you're liberal, if you're conservative, you already get that that's a joke. But if you're a liberal listening, we get a lot of lunatics that listen to the show, like Media Matters and those nuts, right? You're probably like, well, that sounds reasonable. Of course you should equal the force. You should? Really? So just to be clear, a guy pulls a knife on you in the street and you have a firearm. You have to pull out a knife first? West Side Story style? Maybe Pirates of Penzance or Zorro? You get to pull out a sword? No, no, just a knife. Well, what if he's got a seven-inch knife and yours is eight? No, no, more force. You got better reach. Do you understand how stupid this is? This is a prosecutor, ladies and gentlemen. This is a prosecutor, a guy who supposedly has a law degree. Do you understand how dumb that is? The entire principle, common sense-wise, common law, written into our basic tenets of your right to self-defense is not to have to use an equal amount of force, but a superseding amount of force to stop the force being imposed on you. If a guy pulls out a knife, you can pull out a gun and tell him to pull the, put the knife down. That would be appropriate levels of self-defense. Is this hard? The Argentinian guy was explaining to me how after that, the cops never did anything, obviously. Guy pulled out a, a knife. The cop had to pull out a knife too. Guy pulls out a stick. You pull out your nightstick. Well, your nightstick's longer. Hold on, hacksaw. Let me uh, hack off an inch of my nightstick. Well, that nightstick has a point. Oh, hold on, let me sharpen mine. We can go spear fighting now. This is a prosecutor. Folks, listen, small town prosecutors can be very smart. I've worked with a lot of them, really smart. Some of the best lawyers I've ever worked with. This guy is... Um, is embarrassing everyone. He really is. What a joke. Dalton and, the, and that cat from Roadhouse, the other, the, the guy who, uh, the bodyguard guy. That's the, that's the example. Is this serious? Kid's life is at stake. Is this serious? Or is this some kind of joke? Folks, the media blew the case and now they're looking for an out. I'm going to get to that coming up next. They have two narratives they're going to paint. Now that Molly Hemingway's point is coming to fruition here, how the media set up the prosecutor with a bunch of false narratives that it appears the prosecutor fell for. And it's just finding out or false during the trial. Not the time to find out your case is based on a house of cards. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Okay. Getting back to this here. The media blew the case they did because they lied to the public again. And it appears the prosecutor ridiculously may have fallen for these lies. I mean, the guy's a prosecutor. What is he taking on the media journalism model, which is to never fact check anything? I mean, is that what he's doing? So... Now that the media blew the case, they're looking for an out. They lied to everyone. Oh, legal to carry a firearm. Rittenhouse shot first. He was a domestic terrorist. White supremacist. He drove 7,000 miles from Antioch. Antioch's 21 miles away. But Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. We were only off by a factor of a couple hundred. No big deal. No biggie there. So now the media needs another narrative. So they're going with two narratives. Well, it's actually one narrative. Of course. It has to be your remember hat tip there, Tom Marr, the great Tom Marr, God rest his soul, was a radio host at WCBM when Joe was there. He said, you're a racist. We haven't done that in a long time, yeah. but they're going with the you're a racist hat tip Tom Marr model. That's what they do every single time. And it's not just that you're a racist if you believe Kyle Rittenhouse is not guilty. Um, it's that the judge is clearly a racist, too, which is phenomenal here because the judge is white. The people who were shot were white. Kyle Rittenhouse, who was attacked, is white. And the prosecutor and the defense are white. So everybody's of the same race. So amazingly, they're making this a race issue, which is stunning because race isn't an issue at all. But that doesn't matter. The media will just make it up. 
Uh, hat tip Tom Elliott from Graby. And here's a great quick media montage of the left now preparing for the narrative if Rittenhouse is declared not guilty. Preparing for the narrative that it was definitely a racist judge. Check this out. I don't see how anybody can say that this judge is not biased and is not leaning in a certain direction. I think that the behavior of the judge in totality is the problem. This judge is an absolute joke. He's been a joke from the very beginning. Clearly, this guy has biases that are affecting the administration of this case. I completely agree from my observation that the judge is entirely biased. The judge is making it pretty much impossible for the jury to actually consider all the facts and come up with a, um, a verdict where justice will be served. You've tweeted and talked about the fact that the judge is racist. And you think that impacts how he is managing this trial. He has made a series of decisions. Each one perhaps may be individually defensible, but in totality lead to the impression of a biased, racist judge with his Trump rally cell phone um, uh, that is trying to get Rittenhouse uh, a walk. God bless the USA ringtone, which is the Trump rally theme song. It appears that this judge is auditioning for the cameras and looking for his next gig on Fox News. He sounds like he's watched too much Bill O'Reilly. I mean, he's acting like Archie Bunker in there. (laughs) They can't stop. They can't stop. They've magically made a case with a white defendant, a white prosecutor. All of the people involved in the case were white. The judge is white. They've managed to make this case somehow about racism against black America, which is just shocking. Which is, well, it's not, it's only shocking in that a common sense person viewing this, like I always think to myself, bear with me for a second, I mean to get off topic, but I think a lot to myself, if you were, say you were some race of highly intelligent space aliens, right? And you were visiting Earth for the first time. I, I think about this a lot. And you were, say, an ambassador. Uh, the ambassador from this planet, whatever it may be, or planet Oregon, whatever. And you come here and you're watching this and you don't know human culture or anything about us, but you kind of understand the language through a language translator. And you're watching this trial. You've only been here a day. And you're like, uh, race, you guys have race. Yeah. Yeah. We have different melanin contents of the skin. So people categorize that as race. It's really a social construction, uh, you know, but we do it. Oh, how, and the alien from, from Oregon's like, well, I don't understand. How is this racist? Everybody appears to, look the same when it comes to the tone of the skin. No, no, no. Um, and then you'd see the human being trying to explain to the alien from Argonne, like, yeah, I know that doesn't make sense. And I'm having a hard time explaining to you because it doesn't make sense. But if you understood our media environment, you get it. And the alien would be like, huh? Would, and I think about that a lot. I know, I know it's dumb, but I do. I think about it all the time. Like if there was a race of space creatures who came here and tried to understand the ridiculous left, how would the left explain it? To the space creature, right? How would they explain their their whole concept of there's no men and women? The space creature would be like, wait, we have an XXXY chromosome thing. You have different parts. You know, male reproductive parts, female ones, they look different. No, no, that's not real. That None of that's real. The space creature would be like, my gosh, we can't invade these people. They're idiots. This isn't even fair. They're, this is great. This, right? Is this not crazy? Does not compute. <laughs> Now, why does this case matter so much to the left? Folks, it matters for a very serious reason. You know, think about it, right? Why is the left wasting so much time creating false narratives, lying about Kyle Rittenhouse? Why? There's, I don't know, 10,000, 20,000, 100,000, who knows? How many criminal cases going on right now across the country for felonies? Why is the left so interested in this particular case? Well, Tucker explained it really well on his show last night. He's correct. Folks, the left needs you to be hapless victims. The left, the whole Soros network of people, right? They want you to be helpless. Soros, these people who spend all this money on political activism, they don't want you to dare fight back. It reminds me of Michael Anton's uh, Smales exhortation, Judge Smales from Caddyshack. You'll get nothing and you like it. The minute you fight back using the courts, the left wants to remodel the Supreme Court. The minute you fight back with Donald Trump in office, tax cuts, deregulation, the left accuses him of uh, of giving uh, Vladimir Putin back rubs, right? The left wants you to have nothing. 
And one of the ways the left wants you to have nothing as well is they don't want you to be able to organize in the streets like they do to create social change. We'll pay very close attention to what I'm about to say. They don't want that. They know we outnumber them. The left knows they are a minority of wackadoodle moonbats, right? They saw what happened with the Tea Party and how we got out there. Remember what happened when we got out there with the Tea Party? Remember the false allegations of uh, up on Capitol Hill? Remember that, Joe? They were spitting on people up on Capitol Hill. Remember that? Meanwhile, no one could produce the video of any of this happening. The left is terrified that the right is going to figure out how to use the streets, too. Don't ever, ever forget that. So the way the left wants to keep you out of the streets is by financing and organizing their shock troops, Antifa and BLM, who will use violence to frighten you. If Rittenhouse gets off and people understand, you know what, I can defend myself too if the police aren't there and if my life is under attack, the left is terrified that more people will say, hey, listen, I'm not going to put up with this. If you attack my life, I'm going to defend myself. The left wants nothing more than to McCloskey every single person out there. Please, please, if there's a point I've made in this show in the last few weeks, I need you to take home and make salient in your brain and tattoo on your skull it's at. The left wants to McCloskey everyone. We will break down the private fence to your street. We will invade your property. And the minute you even show up outside and even pretend to defend your life with a firearm, loaded or unloaded, you will go to jail. They want you to be weak. They want you to kneel before them. And the fact that this kid didn't kneel and defended his own life, if they lose this case, it changes the whole game. Do you understand? Please, I don't mean to sound condescending. I know you get it. But Tucker explained this beautifully last night. The left wants to own the streets. They don't want you out there. You come out there, they're going to attack you, and you're going to take it. Therefore, they have to win this. That's what's about the lies. Here, listen to Tucker explain this beautifully last night. Watch that prosecutor, Thomas Binger, who's writing these names anyway, explain that if you take steps to defend yourself, you have by definition given up your right to self-defense. They have to convince you that Joseph Rosenbaum was going to take that gun and use it on the defendant because they know you can't claim self-defense against an unarmed man like this. You lose the right to self-defense when you're the one who brought the gun. (laughs) Who's writing the rules here? (laughs) Let's just pause for a second and go through what he said. There's no such thing as self-defense against a man who has no gun. Really? Well, according to the federal government's own statistics, far more people in this country are beaten to death every year than are killed by AR-15s. So that is a, by definition, ridiculous claim. If an ex-con with a history of violent crime informs you that he is going to murder you and then tries to grab your gun from your hands, you are allowed to respond. In fact, you have to respond because it would be suicidal not to, obviously. But as a legal matter, all that matters here is whether Kyle Rittenhouse reasonably believed that his life was in danger. And of course he believed that. Why wouldn't he? You would believe that too if you were him. But it's the second part of the prosecutor's lie that tells you the most about how these people think. Here's the quote. You lose the right to self-defense when you're the one that brought the gun. Really, Mr. Binger? So no one with a concealed carry permit is allowed to defend himself? What's the point of having a gun if you can't save your own life with it? Get it? Get it? Got it? Good. Tucker's exactly right. The left has always hated the Second Amendment. The left will crap all over the cops until they tell you the cops are the only way to defend yourself because they want you to put your firearms down. The left does not believe in an inherent God-given big R, God-given right to self-defense. The left needs to own the streets. They don't want the Tea Party or anything like it back on the streets again. The way to keep you off the streets is to attack you and intimidate you. And if you believe, You have the right to defend yourself when a reasonable person would believe their life was in danger. Then all of a sudden, the less intimidation game isn't so intimidating because we outnumber them. Folks, that's why this case is a red line for them. And that's why they are putting all of this energy into making sure an innocent man goes to jail. Good job by them, by Tucker last night, explaining that. He is exactly, exactly right. 
Once you know their game, it all makes sense. All right, here's what I got coming up. PolitiFact blows it again. I mean, the PolitiFact, folks, you know, to call them a joke is it's almost self-explanatory at this point. PolitiFarce has always been a scam. I've been warning you about them for five, six years now. They got busted lying to you again. The same fact checker who said Biden's checked his watch during a uh, the ceremony with the uh, dead soldiers. Uh, no, that's not true. Remember that guy, Daniel Funky? Yeah, he's back again. Okay, folks. Uh, Politifar strikes again. I told you this website was a joke. They are not fact checkers. They are not even good opinion checker checkers. Here's Daniel Funky, clown show fact checker, back again. Funky had said a while ago that, hey, at 17 years old, Kyle was perfectly legal to be able to possess that rifle without parental supervision. That's a quote. He fact checked that as false. As the judge threw out the charge yesterday for the weapons charge and dumped it, uh, Daniel Funky was proven to be a buffoon. Now, here's the funny part. Daniel Funky, and it, just to be clear what we're talking about here, Kyle Rittenhouse was not guilty of a weapons charge for carrying the Smith & Wesson M&P 15, AR-15 he was carrying because the conditions on the charge to charge him with it would have to be that he was underage, he was not, or that the barrel was a short-barreled, it was a short-barreled rifle. It was not. I have a Smith & Wesson M&P 15. Here's the funny thing. Dan Funky, in his fact check a year ago, which was completely wrong, his fact check, actually has links, I have them right here, to the Wisconsin and the Illinois law, which clearly state the age doesn't the, the age doesn't qualify for Rittenhouse, and the short barrel restriction doesn't apply to Rittenhouse either. Go to the uh, Illinois one next, because he was in Antioch in the neighboring state of Illinois. Neither one of them... You get what I'm saying? You have to be either underage, Rittenhouse wasn't to be charged with this crime, or you have to have a short-barreled rifle. Rittenhouse didn't. He actually puts the statutes in the fact check claiming that this was, in fact, false, that Rittenhouse wasn't guilty of this. He puts the, he puts the links in there. <laughs> the actual statutes. This is the same guy, though, as you can see, who fact-checked the... Uh, Daniel Funky. Oh, thanks. He circled his name there. Fact check. Biden honored service members killed in Kabul. Check watch during the ceremony. Yeah, remember when they said that was false? Then they had to correct it because everybody saw Biden check his watch multiple times. It's been changed to here's the hilarious thing. The fact check was changed from partly false to missing context. <laughs> what a joke. You're a total scam. You see how the whole leftist symbiote works? Leftist billionaire donors, Piero, Madire, Soros, they feed into these institutes and these hacks like Nandini. They also feed into these networks that support people like Antifa, like Nandini does. And then they feed into fact checkers to engage in communist speech suppression. You see how the game works? I'll go into more on that in a little bit. Let me get to this first yesterday, because we're always told by leftists, remember, they always, always accuse you of what they're doing themselves. It is the golden rule of leftist narrative building. If you ever want to see what the radical left is up to, see what they're accusing you of and start digging. Not into you, into them, because that's exactly what they're doing. Here is a critical racism theory, <clears throat> critical racism training, as I like to call it, advocate, a guy by the name of Malik Austin shows up in Fort Worth at a school board meeting and starts hollering about CRT and then basically starts to threaten the parents saying that he has a thousand soldiers for CRT locked and loaded. I want you to pay very close attention to this because we were told that we were the domestic terrorists, right? Just checking. Wasn't the DOJ uh, initiative with the FBI to investigate parents at school boards wasn't it directed at what the National School Boards Association called parents who were against CRT, critical yes, racism training? I, yes. I thought I, I, so we're the domestic terrorists, which is really odd because you don't see any of the parents talking about locked and loaded soldiers, but the actual CRT advocates. Will we see a DOJ memo about Malik Austin? No, of course we won't because Malik Austin's privileged, right? He's a CRT advocate, which is a privileged class. Wait, I thought Don Lemon said that wasn't possible. We'll get to that in a second, too. Here's Malik uh, Austin, excuse me, uh, saying he's got a thousand soldiers locked and loaded. And yeah, nobody on the left seems to bat an eyelash. They don't care about violence. They only care about violence when they think conservatives are doing it. Check this out. I've got over a thousand soldiers ready to go. 
We're not the board. Now you know why they got routed in New Jersey, got routed in Virginia, and school boards got uh, full of critical racism training racists, got routed across the country? Because you think parents don't know that they were the ones who showed up to peacefully exert their big R God-given right to assemble and petition their government at school board meetings, and yet they were accused of being domestic terrorists? You get get this guy here yesterday screaming about locked and loaded soldiers. How is that not an implied threat? What else would he be saying? You see a DOJ memo about that? Is the FBI talking to him? I'd like to know. FBI, what are you guys up to? What are you up to there? Are you talking to him? You should be. Why aren't you? Oh, that's right. You're too busy in Loudoun County, Virginia, investigating uh, Jane Smith, who showed up because she doesn't want her kid being taught to be a racist. Unbelievable. And it reminds me yesterday, I hate to play cuts again, but I want to play this cut of Don Lemon. I played it actually twice in the radio show yesterday because it shows you big point again. I'm going to make again at the end of the show, and I made all day. Molly Hemingway's point. That the state of the country we're in now, we are only in because the media consistently lies to people. Dinesh D'Souza will make this point at the end of the show today. That is why liberals believe what they believe. These people aren't stupid. They believe it because the media tells them nonsense over and over and over again. Like Don Lemon telling people yesterday that Rittenhouse is somehow an example of privilege, despite being on the trial for homicide, having no... Uh, no one in the ca- no one in the case was anything other than white involved in this. But he, Lemon makes a racial incident, and then he tries to claim somehow that privilege is a white thing. Privilege sounds like Malik Austin had privilege yesterday. He didn't walk out of there in handcuffs. Check this out. It is the ultimate degree of entitlement when people believe that this is how they're supposed to be. What the right is saying about Kyle Rittenhouse is that well, the government didn't do its job. So it took a 17-year-old kid to come in and do what was right. That's vigilantism. That's not what people are not supposed to be vigilantes. We're not supposed to be taking um, justice into our own hands. Imagine if every single person in America did that. Imagine if you call for, um, for black men or just black folks to be armed and go out in the streets and, you know, do what they think, justice, take it back. Remember and what they did to you and slavery, whatever, go and, and take things and do... Imagine if people were condoning that. Yeah, imagine. Imagine that, Joe. Imagine if people were condoning that. Imagine Like that. Malik Austin saying he had a 1,000 soldiers locked and loaded. Yeah, imagine. Imagine what would happen. Imagine talking like Hawk Newsom. There's going to be bloodshed in the streets. Ma- imagine that. Imagine that, Don. Going to call that out in your show? You big fraud. And you wonder why people laugh at you idiots and why CNN has less viewers than, than, than a rerun of SpongeBob morons so sick of you idiots you did he not see that someone please send that cut to don lemon and ask him when he's going to condemn that ask him when he's going to condemn hawk newsome gonna be bloodshed in the streets i'm so sick of these fake tough guys too by the way i don't want to keep harping on this but i'm just tired of it we rocked and loaded believe me i spent a lot of time in cells with bad guys watching how they behave they're the first ones calling for their mamas when they get locked up they are the biggest wuss bags you have ever seen in your life they're big smack talkers and you can replace smack with an expletive that was a big eye-opening when you're the new guy as a police officer they stick you in the cells every precinct has a cell before you go to central booking it's not the best job you got to fingerprint everyone Everybody wants their phone call. They're all complaining about something. It's not the best gig. But you learn a lot about people. A lot. Because I would talk to them. You know, they're still human. I'd still talk to them once in a while. They are the first ones crying for their mamas when they get pinched. The biggest smack talkers. They'd be locked and loaded, bloodshed in the streets. 
All right, um, let me get to my last sponsor. Here's what I got coming up. Uh, the ACLU finally starts saying things about civil liberties. <laughs> I thought they were the Civil Liberties Union. No, they're not. They're the American cabal for liberal unity. They have nothing to do with civil liberties at all. But finally, they decided to say something. Stunner. And I want to end this show today uh, in a little bit with the, another piece from Laura Ingram's show last night by Dinesh D'Souza, who, again, perfectly sums up how the media is the biggest problem in the country today. All right, just a quick note. You can read this story in my show notes today, and you should, at Town Hall. Uh, the ACLU, who supposedly stands for American Civil Liberties Union, I like I said, it's the cabal of liberal unity. That's all they become is a liberal activist group now, has finally decided to open their uh, yappers about the Project Veritas raid from the FBI. James O'Keefe's group, Project Veritas, they are conservative, but they are journalists, and they're very good at what they do. They were raided by the FBI because the Biden administration is using the Constitution as toilet paper. And the ACLU, to their mild credit, they should have spoken out sooner as they take a pot shot at Project Veritas. They're like, we don't agree with any of their methods. doesn't matter. They're a journalism outlet. I don't agree with the New York Times methods of calling uh, Donald Trump a Russian colluder either. But if the New York Times was raided by a Republican administration, violating the right of the free press, you have my word, I would be the first one talking about it. So the ACLU has finally spoken out and said, hey, we have to be very careful with this. This Project Veritas case is a bigger deal than they're making it out to be. Finally, American Civil Liberties Union. Maybe do something about civil liberties once in a while and don't wait a few days to, you know, wind check your donors. Okay, a couple quick notes. Uh, the Build Back Worse plan, the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, it's not a heavily partisan outlet at all. Joe Biden is lying to you, ladies and gentlemen. The cost of it is going to be double what they say. Here's the trick, as you can see in this link. It'll be in my newsletter as well, bongino.com slash newsletter. Sign up today. It's free. Here's the stunt. They're saying it's going to cost between $1.7 and $1.9 trillion, Biden's Build Back Worse plan, right? Folks, when you look at it, it's actually going to cost double that, maybe more. Here's the trick. They set sunsets on all of these things they plan to spend money on. The earned income tax credit expansion, universal pre-K, child care subsidies. They make them expire after a certain amount of time. You get what I'm saying? So let's just use a simple example. The, uh, the child care, uh, the pre-K, universal pre-K. They said, well, the budget window is 10 years, but don't worry, folks. We're just going to put in the bill back worse plan. This is going to expire after two years. So if you're a conservative, you're like, oh, okay, well, it won't be that bad. These programs expire after two years. No, that's not why they're putting that in there, folks. That's not what's happening. Here's the stunt. Here's the scam. They know full well after two years, Republicans are going to have to run for re-election in 2022 and 2024. So what are they going to do, Joe? The Dems are going to say, hey, remember all that money we gave you parents for pre-K and all that stuff? Look what happened. These evil Republicans want to take it away. There is no such thing as a temporary government program. None. They're cutting the window down to cut the cost down. Oh, it's only going to cost us for two years. It's going to cost you for the rest of your life until you're dead. The stunt here is if Democrats win in 2022 and 2024, great, we extend the program. If Democrats lose, we just blame Republicans for taking your universal pre-K money away. You get it? That's why they put these sunsets in there, which make the program seem cheaper, even though they're not. By the way, the deficit this year, as you can see, according to the AP, the deficit is $2.77 trillion for liberals. That means we're spending $2.7 trillion more trillion than we have. And you want to spend $5 trillion more? There's no money. There is no money. There's no money. We are printing it. That is what is happening. That's what's causing this inflation, destroying your purchasing power right now. Build Back Worse plan is a scam. Double everything they're telling you. All right, speaking of a scam, Biden got totally rolled yesterday. Did you see he had a virtual summit with uh, Xi Jinping from China? Leader of China. Fake leader. Big another fraud, Xi Jinping. Well, Xi completely trolled Biden yesterday, showed no respect for him at all. What do I mean? This is, this is, listen, this is not, it's kind of interesting and humorous what happened, how Xi just has no respect for Biden whatsoever. But you know what's not funny? 
China is in a very aggressive posture right now with Taiwan and Hong Kong, Russia and Ukraine as well. They don't respect Biden, folks, at all. That's a deadly serious situation. Here is Xi completely trolling him yesterday. First, let me play this video. It'll make sense. This is Peter Ducey a year ago asking Joe Biden, hey, uh, you know, what's the deal with you calling Xi Jinping your old friend? And watch the reaction of Biden. It's very clear. None of this is being done by accident. Pay close attention. Check this out. Is there going to become a time where you might call him old friend to old friend and ask him to open up China to the World Health Organization investigators who are trying to get to the bottom of COVID-19? Let's get something straight. We know each other well. We're not old friends. So they're not old friends. That was from a while ago. Joe Biden made it clear, right? We're not trying to play a tough guy with China. We're not old friends. I'm not an old friend with Xi Jinping. It's just really weird. If you watch this New York Post article, during the summit, they opened up China's Xi called Biden an old friend after the president talks climate change, but not COVID at virtual summit. You think that was by accident? You think Xi just accidentally used the term old friend? Folks, he's letting him know who the boss is. I am not an interventionist overseas by any measure. I believe we should be very judicious about the use of our military. But what's happening right now with China's aggression towards Taiwan and Russia's aggression towards Ukraine, 100,000 troops on their border, is very serious. And what bothers me about that, what that exchange right there, is Xi doesn't take Biden seriously. He opened up the, uh, the interchange with him on the virtual summit by humiliating him. That was done deliberately. It was not an accident. It was letting him know we don't respect you. We know exactly who you are. And China is preeminent right now. That's what he's doing. All your beefs against Donald Trump. He wouldn't have pulled that scam with him. That was not, I repeat, not an accident. Hey, I want to get to this quick as well. I need you to read this story in my newsletter today, please. Uh, By the Post Millennial. It's a great outlet over there. It's at Bongino.com slash newsletter. Again, just uh, you can follow. It's all free. So I get this question a lot. It's a friend of mine who's a former law enforcement guy. Worked with him in a couple different uh, capacities. Had said to me, you know, don't you find it odd? Joe, I don't know if you notice this too. Like whenever you see these Antifa rallies and these BLM rallies, they all seem to have like pre-printed signs. Bricks magically show up on a corner. And my friend had said to me, you think this is by accident? Like he had done some homework into gangs. And Antifa is a terrorist gang um, and BLM as well, right? That's what they did. And he's like, don't think this is an accident that all of a sudden everybody shows up with bricks. Like, where'd the bricks come from? They didn't rip a building down, right? Well, in some cases, they burned them down. But the bricks just seem to magically appear. There is a network of funding, folks. These people are all connected. And Andy No did an incredible piece at the Post Millennial exposing our friend, the cat lady. I'm working on something right now with the cat lady. I want you to just stay close on this story. The cat lady, Nandini Jammy is, um, if many of you who listen to the show know, she's a, she's a lunatic. She basically sits in mommy's basement and tries to get companies to boycott conservative sites. Nandini has been a supporter of her Antifa friend, this guy, Chad Loader for a long time. Chad Loader hates Andy. No, because Andy no has exposed Antifa as the terrorist group. They are. You got to read this piece about Chad Loader, Nandini Jammy's buddy. And you have to start asking these companies working with Nandini. And you should every time she tweets about it. Her friend blocked me, by the way. Ha! Her friend Nandini's partner blocked me, which is hilarious, right? You should be tweeting these articles, all these companies. Hey, you're working with Nandini Jammy. You know, she's a supporter of Chad Loader. Who's Chad Loader? Well, here, according to, uh, to um, Andy's piece, Loader's working in conjunction with self-described Antifa activist Nandini Jammy to target advertisers on the post-millennial. Nandini Jammy founded and runs a group, Check My Ads Institute, which says it fights discrimination, but in practice seeks to financially harm conservative news sites that challenge left-wing liberal orthodoxy. Nandini targets their advertisers with spurious claims that their brand is appearing on neo-Nazi websites. Jamie has passed information to the New York City cell of Antifa. Oh, she did. And tweeted last year, Antifa isn't a dirty word. It's an effort we all need to be a part of right now. In addition to the post-millennial, Jamie has tried to financially damage news sites, the Daily Wire and the Daily Caller. Which is really weird because Nandini, this is her tweet, folks. The accusations are finally true. I'm part of a George Soros-backed initiative. This is Nandini's own tweet. 
I'm joining with the advisory board of Good Info Inc., an organization with a systemic plan to counter disinformation, starting with boosting local journalism. Soros stooge working with Antifa stooge trying to boycott conservatives. Now you know where the money base of all this stuff is? It's this is ironic coming from the left that hates Israel. That is the most hilarious, ridiculous charge. You notice how they try to silence you? That's how you know they're afraid. We've got a big, big project coming up with Nandini soon. Any organization working with this grotesque anti-Semite who has attacked a Jewish podcaster for ridiculous false claims, who works with Antifa, and who has been defrauding her donors who lied to them, just know you work with her. We're going to be exposing that you're working with this Antifa-backing lunatic. Trust me, we're not letting any of this go. All right, I want to end the show as I had be- begun it today on the Rittenhouse trial and how the biggest problem we have in our country right now is the left-wing media and people like Nandini who work with them to make sure the facts never get out. They are the disinformation specialists. And because of this pool of disinformation, you have people believing things that just aren't true. Here's Dinesh D'Souza making this point I made yesterday about the media being so cancerous to our society, the bad media, the, the lying media. On the Laura Ingram show last night. Check this out. It's been uh, so startling to compare uh, the videos and also the facts as presented in the trial with the leftist media narrative leading up to the trial. Uh, For example, uh, even small things that came out in the trial. At one point, Kyle Rittenhouse blurted out that his dad lives in Kenosha. And it turns out he has other relatives in Kenosha as well. And right away, I thought, wow, I've been reading for months and months that this guy crossed state lines. He was a chaos tourist. He was coming to Kenosha. He had no business whatsoever in Kenosha. Well, he has family in Kenosha. So one after the other, he's a white supremacist. Uh, He was chasing after those guys, they weren't chasing after him. Evidently, a lot of people were even under the impression that his victims were black. So, you know, you had this uh, elaborately constructed narrative. And I, I, you know, if I'm someone reading the New York Times or just watching CNN, you know, I would take in these lies. You can't even blame people for sort of completely being on the wrong track. There it is, folks. Beautifully stated. You can't blame people for being on the wrong track here when it was all they were told about Rittenhouse and everything else, the Russia hoax, for the past three, four, five years of their life. What I do blame you for, though, is not seeking the truth. It's out there, and this isn't the X-Files. It's a real world. Thanks for tuning in, folks. I really appreciate it. If you wouldn't mind, please subscribe to my Rumble account, rumble.com slash Bongino. It is free. You can always find my podcast there no matter what happens with me in the future. Rumble.com slash Bongino. We're almost at 2 million subscribers. We appreciate it. See you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.